Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, April 9th, 2020. This is the producer's happy hour. Two producers on opposite coasts, L.A. and New York, who set out to make a lighthearted podcast about the film production (laughs) industry. And all of a sudden we had a pivot. Now we're reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life and your work. Your stories let us know we're not alone. As we've seen over the past 20 episodes or so, the stories are helping us and they seem to be helping you guys, too. So we Mm -hmm. need to hear them. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. Email us or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send that to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, and your second cousin who lives in St. Louis, please. (laughs) We want these stories to be heard. I'm sure we've all been to Thanksgiving and somebody's asked, hey, what do you do for a living? We all have a one-liner that we explain (laughs) ourselves to at a family (laughs) reunion. But this show can help out and really lets people know that we're all going through this together. Absolutely. Christian, today we're talking with Jason Walk from Spears and Arrows, a busy production company here in Los Angeles. I know. I'm so excited to get his perspective on this because Spears and Arrows is very busy, and I'm sure they were when all of this came down. So it, mm-hmm. it'd be, it's going to be fascinating to learn how they are moving forward in this environment. I reached out to him because I saw him, I've met him before, and I saw him post on LinkedIn some content that they created under quarantine where different people shot stuff in their own home by themselves. And so they're pitching that as their COVID-19 initiative to ad agencies as a solution for creating content during the quarantine times. Hearing people's innovation in this time is so is very inspiring. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Christian, it's Thursday. Blah. We're on week 978. <laughs> How are <laughs> or are How we are on week two? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, well, uh, I guess I'm okay. I'm going to say I'm okay. The week's almost over. I know, but, you know. Like that means anything. It doesn't mean like anything saying, anymore. Thank we God, it's, yeah. it's Friday. What a busy, hard week we had. Well, I'm still thinking that, like on Sunday, this past Sunday, I didn't look at my computer or phone once. It is nice. Which is right? the very first time that I've never done that. Oh. Although I did miss a, a couple phone calls and somebody who stopped by my window outside. Oh. <laughs> and, but it was also, too, like uh, preservation. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm doing okay. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm Okay. You seem better today than yesterday, but I don't know what yeah. better means. So that's the no, wrong word. Need, it's just you seem... <laughs> Right. So am I wrong I in that assessment? No, I, I'm definitely better than yesterday. Uh, but again, I don't know what better means. I played, yeah, I don't know if you talked about this, but I love, I love card games yes. and dice games. So mm-hmm. I played craps with my friend <laughs> on Zoom last night. No way. Yeah, I rigged an overhead camera and I've got a little craps layout and all the chips and we, we played craps. It was a lot of fun. So that was cool. Did you win? Did you get money? Well, we didn't play for money. We're just playing for eggs fun. And milk. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, if we were playing for money, we both would have lost a lot of money. Perfect. It was not. It was not a good night. <laughs> the house won. <laughs> the house won. Yes, the house won a lot. I was thinking about a way of doing actually playing for money with the house. If the house won, the house would donate it to LA Mayor's Fund. Oh, but that's fun. But that does mean people are putting their money on the line right now, which right. 
they shouldn't do. They should well, hold on to your money. You should well, not be gambling. I mean, honestly, we should also be giving back too. So my thought is, is that if people do a buy-in, save $100, something everyone could afford, knowing that if there's seven people, that's $700 in the end winds up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Then, I mean, it seems like matchstick fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with exactly. an end result of the mayor getting $700. That's something we could do here on the show, too. We could totally. We could ask our listeners if they would contribute a dollar to an episode and donate that to New York Mayor's Fund and the LA Mayor's Fund. No, I think that's a great idea. I think people want to help. And even if it's a little something, then they feel like they're doing something. There's like yeah. a, there are many apps out there where you can round up your bill from, you know, Thirteen oh, yeah, twenty-three, yeah. and then rounds it up to the next dollar, and then that money goes somewhere, and it, every little bit helps. So okay. there's a few things I did want to address too. So okay. I've downloaded Truebill. Oh, yes. I'll look at you. No, I. Okay. I mean, I've downloaded it. <laughs> so the next after the show, the next step is okay. going through okay. it and seeing what I have to add and what it is. So I'll report back on that. The kittens that I've been talking about are coming on Sunday, so I'm kind of scared to death because kittens. I'm excited, but also just like it's been a very long time since I've had a brand new animal in the house, let alone wow. two of them. So are we going to hear its little baby meows on your microphone? Well, there's going to be two of them. So, yes. Mm. I mean, I we're going to see. Hopefully, uh, you know, kittens, all they do is sleep, eat and poop. So, yeah, <laughs> they'll be they'll be part of that. It's going to be so cute. <laughs> exactly. Next, I had asked for sleep help yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I swear to God, people who know me have started texting me little tricks, including <laughs> oh, our editor, good. producer, Rob. Um, yeah, I know. We've talked about it before. So his trick is a white noise machine because when he uh, travels on yeah. the road, nothing is as noisy as New York City. So right. he needs a white noise machine for that. That's funny. Right. So I will, you know, I'm going to test out these tricks on sleeping and we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated on my sleep. And then lastly, this one's exciting. Okay. An EP friend of mine reached out about a tabletop job and to scenario out because he listened to the episode that we had with Revolver and Glue Society. Oh, yeah. We scenarioed out how to do it in the States and it was a hard no, obviously. Hard no. Right. But right. my suggestion was that he talked to Michael at Revolver and I've put them in touch and they're off to the races. I don't know whether really? it's going to happen or not, but they've made a love connection. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> in a sense wow. of the way. So I just feel like happy to make that connection, especially through the show. I would have That's been at great. a loss to advise him if we wouldn't have had that interview on Monday. And so you're saying that you put them together because Australia has a little bit yes. lesser restrictions than mm -hmm. we do here. Technically, you guys shooting even tabletop, even if it was just one or two people, is still technically, it goes against the ordinances. You're not supposed to gather in groups of more than two. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's yeah. more than that. It's about ethically, you're asking someone to leave their house and their quarantine into an environment that you cannot ultimately guarantee is safe. Right. And so... People right now are at different stages or levels of financial needs and requirements. So you can always find somebody, as in good times, you can always find somebody who is willing to do the job for the rate that you're offering because of their own personal issues. 
needs. Yeah. It needs and family call whatever it is. So ethically, if you're the one offering the job, it's not like people will turn it down. So I think it's on us. You can't use the excuse of, well, it's their decision if they no, want to take this job. it's on us because we right. asked. Exactly. And it's really you, the first time I've ever felt like that. You asked at a time where we know people are needing money mm-hmm. and needing something to do and needing just a little slice of normality. Some human contact, even if it's six feet away. I still feel like they have a job and a skill that is valuable, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and so I don't, even even just offering is taking advantage a little bit of somebody. Well, I think that I always do feel like a leader and an advocate for the crew and an advocate for the production yep. company, an advocate for safety, an advocate for myself and my team. I absolutely feel that way. Going back to, yet again, Susan's interview, it's about ethics at this point. And we can set the rules moving forward or at least tell people what they should and shouldn't be doing. And right now, I'm just not sure that it's safe to, I know, hold on, I'm going to back it up. I know it's not safe to gather into groups. Yes. Many things go into that, but in the end, it is not safe. You can be as careful as possible. You can wipe down all the equipment. You can have people stand six Mm -hmm. feet apart. But the one time somebody forgets to wash their hands after they use the restroom, everyone's sick. And then you don't know for two and a half weeks. Then what? Insurance, workman's comp, what happens? Right. So there's my high horse. <laughs> so Australia, they can offer something. So maybe it's the director stays in the States and is quarantined and just video directs uh-huh. from afar. Yeah. Revolver sets the limits of what can happen on the job and how many people there can be. And then it's up to the agency to understand that or for us to explain to the agency Mm -hmm. that this is the parameters that the job will happen. You will get your job done. But this is the this is is what's going to happen. Execute it. Yes. I think that as long as the two of them work together in that way, then go for it. Yeah. That's excellent. I'm so glad we could. I know. I mean, it may come. I mean, obviously, it may come of nothing. It may just be some conversations, but at least some knowledge has been exchanged and some, you know, discussions have happened. (laughs) That's great. So that's my loaded up (laughs) check in that we have. Well, I got sent an interesting article in The Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yes. About a CBS show called All Rise. They're going to virtually produce an episode in quarantine. Do you, did you watch ER in the in the? Oh uh, my God! Right, and when they well, had Christian, the, I, I I am one of the biggest ER fans. <laughs> do you remember the Blizzard episode? Yes. And do you remember yes. the next day at work? It's all anybody could. I mean, literally, it was on everybody's mind and shit. And I feel like <laughs> this is kind of like um, Law and Order address nine eleven. Yeah, several different ways and such. Yeah. So here we go. CBS, what do you got? (laughs) So the legal drama, (laughs) the legal drama is the first scripted series to mount an episode during the coronavirus pandemic. CBS first year drama All Rise will resume production for an episode set during the coronavirus pandemic. The virtually produced episode will be the first one from a current scripted series. The episode will use FaceTime, Zoom, WebEx and other social media and online technology. It's scheduled to air May 4th. 
I mean, I think that's fantastic. I would love to know what they did. Let's reach out to a production person or something. Let's figure it out because I'd love to know what did they do. Like immediately my mind goes, okay, so maybe they sent cameras to each talent, right? And then they did a virtual walkthrough on how to set up the camera. Or maybe this is like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I fucking want to know though. I was having a small conversation with a company about a project and it was something similar to that. Sending cameras with an instruction kit on how to operate it and how to frame it. And yeah, so it's all kind of done remotely. With an instruction kit, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably going to be how things are going to be made for a little while, I guess. Well, I think that as with the branding that we were discussing with Beth and how it it will quickly become disingenuous, right? So this first one feels like it's innovative and going to be like a a must watch. Now, once the fifth or sixth show does it, you're just going to be like, okay. Yeah. How many Zoom screens can we cut away (laughs) to in a 60 minute drama? (laughs) There was a horror film that all took place. There were Okay. So a couple things. There was an episode of Modern Family. Mm-hmm. It all took place mm-hmm. on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And then there was a horror film called Unfriend that all took place on a computer screen. Right. I didn't so see that, but I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This isn't new territory. But I mean, I guess in the past, it was just kind of a schlocky experiment. Like, oh, this will be right. fun for one episode or fun for one horror movie. But now right. it's being done out of necessity. Right. It's interesting to see how that's going to play out. Right. The Blair Witch Project of Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I have one more thing, but it deals with New York that I just heard yesterday. And there's an article in Broadway.com about it that apparently yesterday they had extended the Broadway theater closures all the way to June 7th. It makes sense because we record these at a time where I'm able to catch the beginning of Governor Cuomo's daily briefs. And there's just so much caution right now. We're getting a trickling in of good news, but also, too, the only reason why we're having good news is we're doing so well, especially you guys in California. Holy shit. You're actually changing the course of the virus in your state. Yeah, we are. There are some counties that are failing. Of course. It's like how... Have you seen New Zealand? Holy crap. No, what? The prime minister there is my new girl crush. Oh, yes. She's amazing. Mm. Mm. She's solutions. She is so she is solutions. She's like solutions. And your solutions are wonderland. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that California is doing it right. That's exciting. Thank you. Yes. Not that I can take credit for it, but it's nice. You take credit for staying inside. Definitely proud to be a Californian right now. It makes you. you It's really, really nice to see that, uh, you know, the governor went on some talk show and talking about how, you know, we're tired of waiting around for the you know, yes. whatever st- stockpile from the federal government. We're just going to make our own masks and we're buying them and we're doing it ourselves. Oh, and he's like, I'm going to take we'll, the weight. We'll send them out to other cities that need them. Yeah, he's going to take the weight of being fifth in the world of yeah, <laughs> the economy exactly, and exactly. use it. And I just like, yeah. oh, he, yeah. he's he's fantastic. So, yeah. but yes, Broadway theaters are closed and I, I'm 100% behind it. I mean, I know you've been to a ton, so have I. Yeah. The smallest seats in the They're world. small. You're <laughs> like right the, on top of each other. It's like going to Shea Stadium, if anybody out there is an old <laughs> New Yorker. Like, mm, you get one thigh in those seats. Oh. I mean, what, are they going to block off whole rows and seat people five people apart? Totally fine, but is it worth it to the talent? Yeah, To put exactly. the talent at risk. 
So and the and yeah. the ushers, the crew that's got to clean the theaters after and uh, all that. It's a, a domino effect, or house of cards, or how whatever metaphor you want to use. A butterfly, you know, you you just you um, yeah. uh, want your your actions directly affect your neighbor. So um, Miller lights. You know my love of American Yellow, which I call all you know light beers in the American. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh-huh. Coors Light, some of the best stuff on earth. Um, Miller Light has set up what they're calling a virtual tip jar to support bartenders. So if you guys I haven't saw that seen commercial. this. Yeah, it's great because that's an owner operator who happened to use a key probably yeah, it's, to it's, open a door. Right. It's one, one shot, shot that zooms out in a in a bar, an empty bar. Yes. It did look like, though, it was art directed, was it not? Well, I don't know that it was art directed. I feel like it was everything was squared off and lined up properly. So hmm. that, I mean, very well could have been by the cinematographer or it could have been by the owner being anal retentive. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, I can envision a way that this could have been done by one person, as long as that okay. person knows how to use a drill and set up a camera. Right. <laughs> so that said, <laughs> I don't know for sure. They started a campaign called Virtual Tip Jar. So it's hashtag Virtual Tip Jar, aimed mm-hmm. at raising money for bartenders because they've been sidelined, bars are closed, taps are off, but tips are needed is what it says. So we thought we would do here something fun because it is producer's happy hour, right? That was the original concept. The original concept was we were going to be drinking our faces off during these interviews. (laughs) Chatting with industry professionals about... Over a cocktail. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, about how we used to produce stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Ooh, I can't wait to to see how we're going to be. So we're going to add a link on our page or, you know, at the top, you can go to it. That will feature bartenders that we know or that Mm -hmm. submit their own videos to us on how to make a cocktail. Yes. Yes. And so then on top of that, we're going to supply their hymno or their bar name, like however much information they want to put out there or not put out there. So that if you decide to go on and use one of their cocktails, we would suggest that you Vimno them the price of what you would pay for a cocktail. That's amazing. I think so. I've reached out to several people who are very interested. Now, these are self-submission videos where they're not going to be high quality. Yep. Ingredients may be altered slightly, (laughs) but it's all going to be in fun. And also, too, it's going to be super creative. I think asking people to do something outside of their own box, like, you know, videoing themselves or something. is going to be. I mean, the innovation is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Exactly. So we're going to see how that goes. There's a bar here in Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Akbar, my local bar, right. owned by two gentlemen. One of them, Scott Craig, is a commercial producer. Yes, you've told me about Scott. a commercial producer for years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, I've invited him to come on the show. He might. They've done just this. They've done exactly what we've taught. They're all out of work. Oh, fun. They've, they've all put out a GoFundMe right. for, for all the servers and, and staff at the bar. They're doing videos of them teaching you how to make a cocktail. So, I love it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll reach out to them and see if we can include their videos on our on our website. All right. So, Christian, on our website, we've got the Take Action page. Yes. And uh, we've got some things on there. Yes. So, it is April 9th, as we said before, and rent (laughs) will be due on May 1st. I I know things are looking a little bit better out there, but we have no idea how long this is going to last. So, I do think that it's important that we have a plan for rent for all of us. Please go on and sign the petitions that we have for no rent in New York City. 
please. Yes. And also the Live Event Coalition link is on there. The events industry is, what What did we learn? The second largest industry in the country. Yeah. Consider everything involved. Hospitality, catering, florists, staging, lighting, vendor staging, yeah. transpo, all that. And Isaac Rothwell is very focused right now. He started this coalition to make sure that they have visibility in front of the federal government when it comes to times like these, when they need government assistance to get through a shutdown like this. So go on there, sign their petition. The petition's still valid. They're almost to 500,000 signatures, I think, which is very exciting. So it's on there. Go sign it. And then I want to um, mention Globetops again, globetops.com, Becky Morrison's charity, where she collects laptops, iPad, like anything. So repurposes them and then gets them out to kids who are currently being homeschooled and do not have devices. I spoke to a teacher last night who I know her life partner is on my pinball team. So we had, you know, Zoom cocktails, <laughs> the new thing <laughs> uh-huh. to do. Uh-huh. So we were zooming it up and I had mentioned this to her and she was like, she sees 200 children a day, about mm. 30 kids for half hour sessions. What? Okay. She says that a lot of the kids are using their parents' phones and their oh. parents are at home working or not at home at all. So, and the kids are expected to sign it apparently now, since we don't have kids, we don't know. Kids are yeah. expected to sign in at, I don't know, 830 in the morning. Let's just call it. Their class assignments are due by 215, right? And oh. so she says a lot of times what she'll do is, you know, like kids will sign in and she'll assign them work. And then not get them. So she counts them as absent and then gets a a phone call or an email or a text from their parent. Now, this is happening multiple times. Uh Uh-huh. Because they're like, but my kid signed in. I made sure. But you're not making sure that your kid is doing the work, right? Right. So there's multiple levels of frustration there. But uh, most of it stems to them not being able to have a device to Uh do their work work on. on. So. Again, we all have like a corner full of hard drives, full of stuff that, I mean, to be honest, like, would I ever use the footage from a 2008 thing? I have no idea. I mean, if you haven't touched it (laughs) in in seven years, (laughs) in seven years, yeah. (laughs) Taxes. But um, more importantly, we all have an old device that is sitting around. It's probably our backup one in case our primary one goes down. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you feel like you can part with it, please go to globetops.com and please part with it. It'll help a child. It'll help a child and a parent who's trying to figure out homeschooling and is trying to work at the same time and trying to make sense of this new life. Right. And I think a lot of what we're trying to do besides, you know, gather information about our industry and help each other out is to help each other out. And a lot of these ancillary things that we can do as production people or crew members or live action people, like everyone who's listening, this is something that you can do. It's a very easy thing to do. And And plus, it's springtime, spring cleaning. It's springtime, exactly. So speaking of helping each other out, Monday, we're chatting with Feel.USA. That's the organization we mentioned a while ago. It's a production company. It's a group of people in production that have created this organization to use their skills and resources to support the first responders. So it's like transpo people are helping with transportation and wardrobe people are making masks and and props people are making face shields and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to talk to them about that because, again, that's what it is, using our skills or using our resources to help people that need it right now. It's going to be a great conversation on Monday. These ideas and these stories spark something in you. And if you can't give up your old 
laptop, let's say maybe there is something that you can do that the conversation has pointed you towards. This is important stuff. This is important. All right, Christian, uh, is it time for our interview? I think so. Very exciting. (laughs) All right. Jason Walk has spent the last 16 years line producing and overseeing the launch of advertising production companies. Preceding that, Jason was a producer of motion pictures. With a vast client list and a history of delivering A-list work for almost every major agency in the United States, Spears and Arrows is the foundation of his 11-year-old production service company, Riverdale Productions. To showcase their current capabilities, they are producing a series of short films about living and thriving under quarantine. They have directors in Rome, Paris, Berlin, London, Toronto, L.A., Everywhere. Everywhere, it seems. <laughs> Using their quarantined households and resources, their directors are creating unique and diverse glimpses of life during this global event. Let's take a listen. All right, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, no problem. My pleasure. First, we'd love to know how you're doing, how your family's doing, uh, where are you at right now? Are you in L.A.? Yeah, I'm, I'm based in L.A. I'm here mm-hmm. with my uh, newly minted wife we got married right before COVID-19 on March 14th yeah oh wow that was Saturday that was that yeah three weeks ago right yes 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 Mm -hmm. just a couple weeks ago congratulations thank you so much and uh yeah I'm here with my youngest son Dylan who has severe autism so I'm balancing my time homeschooling him and finding the new normal. And, you know, I also run a charity for children with special needs uh, called the Walk on Water that I founded in 2012. And most importantly, I have, you know, the responsibility of all the directors, careers that I manage and Mm -hmm. running my brand Spears and Arrows. So yeah, you know, there's, there's lots to do every day. It's, it's not any slower for me now. It's actually harder Mm -hmm. and busier than ever. Yes, uh, that, that makes sense. We've been constantly saying hats off to all the parents out there that now have to kind of double up small business owners, big business owners running their companies and homeschooling and taking care of all the other things that they have in their life. It's 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 a lot. So. Yeah, no, it sure is. It's funny, though. You, you'll talk to parents and uh, you'll get one of two reactions. You'll get reactions from parents who feel like a victim and they're looking mm-hmm. for sympathy. And then you find parents yep. who... Mm-hmm say that's the God-given responsibility and we step right. up to the plate and that's what exactly. we do. So mm-hmm. that's how I look it's at it. That's what you signed up for. It's kind of true in life too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Two types of people out there, adapters and complainers. Yes, yes. So, so Jason, I know we read a little bit of a bio to introduce you, but can you give us a little bit of a background in your career path and what led up to this moment that we're in right now? Sure. I uh, went to film school at USC, and upon graduating, I raised a bunch of money and made a bunch of movies. I was working in the independent film world and television production world in the 90s, helping launch Mm E-Entertainment and uh, Access Hollywood as a uh, three-man band went out into the world for field reporting, EFP and ENG. I made a lot of bad choices in my directors and writers in my feature film world. And then I wanted to take my skill set, my strengths, my passion. So I moved into advertising in 99. I was a line producer off and on for about 16, Mm -hmm. 17 years. I developed and launched a company in 2004 with two other partners called Pony Show Entertainment, Mm -hmm. uh, based on the heels of being a line producer for Spike Lee. I resigned from that company about a year later. I'll 
come back to that. I had a production service company. I was running jobs through my service company uh, mm -hmm. while I was a freelance line producer. And then for about eight or nine years, I was developing brand new school and it's live action sort of transition from motion graphics, design, right. and visual effects into live action. And so I was with every uh, creative director, art director, flame artist, visual effects supervisor at a brand new school for many years on a sort of a permalance basis. I was working in promos, mm -hmm. developed a company called 789 Entertainment, which did exclusively uh, Disney Channel programming mm -hmm. for many years. Then uh, I landed over at Backyard doing a lot of freelance line producing, considered doing some staff work there. But then I developed a company with one of the partners after they got a divorce, Blair Stribley and Roy Skillicorn. And I went off with Roy to develop a company called Seed Media or Seed mm. Content. Unfortunately, uh, right before we launched the uh, company, I resigned as a partner from that company. And in short or in summary, my experiences as a freelance line producer, as a partner and owner in other companies, mm -hmm. as a producer who developed other executives' ideas and business plans, led me to today to be my own boss, to run my own company, <laughs> because <laughs> I have very strong values. And my values are not for everybody, but they are for me. And I realized that you can have personal values in advertising. You can stand up for yourself. You can say no. You can do things the way uh, you want so you can feel good about what you put into the world at night. And Spears and Arrows is a culmination of all of my values of ethics, mm -hmm. transparency, humanity, morality, hard work, diligence, respect. I mean, everything that I breed as uh, a man is instituted in the oath of Spears and Arrows. So we're one and the same. Mm -hmm. Who I am Amazing. and who Spears and Arrows is are one and the same, and they are never disconnected from one another. And at the end of the day, we always come back to how does this feel? If it doesn't feel right, we don't do right. the job. We don't work with the people. We don't, we just pass. We're booked and unavailable. Right, right. That must be insanely liberating yeah. uh, to <laughs> have come to this part in your life where you can just do the work you want to do and feel great about everything you're, you're putting out there. Well, I think that in an idyllic way of, of, of defining it, it is, but the path to that place was full of a lot of challenges, obstacles, poverty, yeah. and uh, a lot of fighting, a lot of battling, a lot of disappointment, a lot of rejection, a lot of resentment. I think getting to that point was harder than ever. And I think during COVID-19, it's just a glimpse into a window of my past where I have to utilize those same survival skills to reinvent our brand, uh, how we work in advertising and how we will work in the future. To me, Yes, it's absolutely liberating, but at the end of the day, it didn't come without really hard work and yeah. commitment. Yes. Right. Well, so how are you taking those values? You know, you're doing new things, right? Your initiative of producing work under the quarantine measures that we have right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like this is a, a good match for each other. 
how you're doing your approach to this. It is because, you know, like I said, uh, I'm a fighter and I'm a survivor, so I'm never Mm going to be shut down. I do my best work both in business and in life when my back's against the wall. I mean, you know, I've been yeah, a good producer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a high level producer. You know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of producers, and that's <laughs> a separate conversation. I work with tons of line producers. Yeah, and yeah. no, no one line producer or producer is better than another. I think it all comes down to style, and mm-hmm. I have a yeah. specific way or manner in which I handle business situations and most importantly personalities. And so at the end of the day, it's uh, it really comes down to that. As far as COVID-19 goes, I mean, we have nothing. We have to pretend like it's day one in advertising. So yeah, we created an initiative. My first initiative was not to remain dormant, even though Mm -hmm. there is no work. So we created an initiative I uh, created a slate of creativity to Mm -hmm. present to my directors for them to participate in if they wanted to. Basically, I created an RFP or a deck, much like you would from an agency, you'd receive from an agency. I shared it with my directors. I had one-on-ones with them on video. I explained what I want to do. And what I want to do is remain relevant in a time where people are fading away, where Mm -hmm. people are not being creative, where Mm -hmm. people are wrought with fear. So the best way to combat fear and the unknown is to be active, is to be productive, it's to communicate, it's not to regress. So I spend a lot of time talking to my directors as well as encouraging them to create work. And so we've done that. We've created, well, we have one film currently on our website, which was our Mm -hmm. first endeavor of an original film, Shock Quarantine, using existing assets and shooting footage in the quarantine home of the director. That particular film is called Distant Yet Close. It's uh, directed and created by Dom Broida. We originally set out to do this film as a spec for Zoom. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. when uh, we finished it, I decided it would not be a good idea to advertise anybody else's brand on the merits of the creativity and ideas of my director, who's also mm-hmm. a filmmaker, mm-hmm. who's also one of 12 storytellers that I represent. And his storytelling skills should be seen for what they are. So that is a film by Don Broida for Spears and Arrows. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we're also focusing on production solutions in quarantine. And I've outlined that deck on our website, which I'm not mm-hmm. dangling in social media yet because I feel there are some very original ideas and approaches to execution that mm-hmm. we have a very good understanding of. And mm-hmm. truth be told in advertising, I find that most good ideas are stolen. Yeah. Although we're not in the business of creating intellectual property, we share ideas and that becomes mm-hmm. somebody else's IP. And at the end of the day, if you don't respect your own intellectual property or ideas or identity, somebody mm-hmm. else will steal it. Spears and Arrows uh, has a page dedicated to COVID-19 right now. It talks a little bit about the things I'm talking to you about right now. Yeah. So you're keeping some of that close to your chest. <laughs> I'm just not sharing it with Actively everybody on a yeah. uh, on a wide basis. It's a focused marketing yeah. effort with our existing client base. And it is a tool 
for our sales representatives to engage with agencies at a time where they're looking for solutions. Mm-hmm. They're, they're currently interested in who's weak because they don't want to award jobs to companies that are not liquid or are mm. closing their offices or right. lo- cutting staff and not applying for the PPP business loan. So right. there's a lot of valuation on the agency and client side of production companies uh, at this mm-hmm. time. It's being done, I believe, in uh, smaller conversations. Mm. But I think more than ever, you know, just to point back to what I what I was saying before is, you know, during a time of challenge, you need to rise. You can't right. yeah. sink yeah. or disappear. And uh, although I sidelines, yeah, you can't be on the sidelines. You got to be active. You got to have, you know, a point of view. But I think most importantly, this is a very challenging time for commercial production companies who do live action Mm -hmm. and the business model is going to change. Glad Mm -hmm. I changed mine a long time ago. And I think we'll be better for it. But I think it may even the playing field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we'll see a lot of middle-class companies fall by the wayside. I don't want mm-hmm. that to happen. I think that the middle class is, I think I'm middle-class. I think mm-hmm. that my uh, taste is a much more sophisticated than the middle-class, but mm-hmm. I consider myself a humanitarian, so I will always be middle-class uh, with respect to socioeconomic or values or mm. politics. Yeah. Were you working on anything when this pandemic hit and took hold and things started shutting down? Did you have to kind of reorganize everything quickly? Were you in the middle of projects where things were canceled? Yeah, we had uh, several jobs that were killed, canceled, mm-hmm. postponed, indefinitely uh, tabled, not awarded. First sign of it was a job for Electrolux that we were bidding. And they just didn't award the job because they couldn't get the product out of China. So this was when it first started and COVID-19 wasn't a thing. And then, you know, we've had jobs get killed that were, you know, I had a job that got killed shooting in Mexico City four days before the first date of photography, which was March 3. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty early. Very early. Well, Nestle Mm -hmm. put a ban. uh, They were the first ones to react on a a corporate level. Yeah, travel Uh, ban. Right, right, right. Travel ban. So they weren't able to get there, although there were no reported cases in Mexico. uh, They canceled that job. And we had one or two other jobs that I can get my job list that were canceled. (laughs) And I've spent a good deal of my time collecting. We also have had, we had a Ram job out of the Richards Group uh, that we were going to shoot for Mother's Day that got canceled. We had a job we were bidding for Gerber that just didn't award. It's indefinitely postponed. Uh, We had a single bid job that was ready to schedule a shoot that I had worked on for five months. That was, you know, a three-day, $650,000 traditional pharmaceutical job that decided after being a single bid, they're going to do it in animation. I mean, we, we've been, yeah. we've had all yeah. kinds you had of, the whole, yeah. Yeah. Experience. Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you having conversations with agencies actively now? Is there any action happening in, in your sphere of conversations at least about what can be done? Yeah. Well, but one agency tasked us to do an edit because one of my directors is an editor as well. So we did a re-edit and they're trying to sell that to the client to create revenue stream. We're bidding a weird 
job. Well, not weird, just non-traditional for advertising right now. Yeah. That is with an agency and it is to be shot in a virtual manner. And we have certain approach to the virtual shooting that I don't want to divulge here because it hasn't been done before yet. And I consider that a trade secret, but in general, I'm not going to posture and say that there is a lot of dialogue. There is a uh, minimal dialogue. And when there is dialogue, it's, it's a trigger. It's a question, mm-hmm. it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not a plan for solution. I mean, yeah, we have some clients that have jobs that work only with us and they're slated to shoot their single bid jobs and they're not committing. I mean, at the end of the day, no agency mm-hmm. or client worth their salt is going to do a shoot without an insurance rider for communicable right. diseases. And that's not going to be written by an insurance yeah. company. So the agency yeah. and the client have to be bear the cost of change if it occurs. Right. If it occurs, yeah. And I'm not shot out deflecting accountability because I, as a production company, I can only deliver what I can within the federal government's boundaries. And you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about which way this is going to go and how it's going to unravel and the timeline, but that's just an opinion of mine. And I should probably just sort of keep that to myself because. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that is. We, that, can, that, we, we can stop recording and we can talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that it usually is one of our questions is like, you yeah. know, what do you see for the next well, three to six months? Yeah. I was on your site earlier and it, the work is so emotional and very touching, right? So you figured out how to do the work during the quarantine, but what about when it's lifted? Like, do you have an idea of what our industry could look like coming out of this? I mean, we've been scenarioing for three weeks now on how we think it's going to Daily. go. <laughs> Daily yeah. with several people. So we'd love to get your take on how you think it's going to go. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I have no problem talking about that. I just didn't know anyone was interested, to be honest with you. We're all um, interested. Are you kidding? Well, well my, <laughs> We're producers. <laughs> well, we all we all can't control it. You know, We're trying to fix a problem we can't right yeah. now. So. Right. And that's a producer's biggest strength and weakness in general. Mm-hmm. We want to control Both. our environment mm-hmm. and the elements within. And we do do that. Right. And we do that better than mm-hmm. anybody in the world. And that's what an advertising line producer is. They are thoroughbred, world-class problem solvers with tremendous pressure and money at stake. And we never let them see us sweat when we do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when this COVID-19 problem became everybody's, the reaction to it tells me more about a person than anything else because we Mm -hmm. no longer have the solution. And so how, how do you feel when you're uncomfortable and how do you embrace being uncomfortable and do you project, do you redirect, do you own it, do you Mm -hmm. learn, Mm -hmm. listen, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the best line producers, because I know we're all line producers at heart here are, Mm -hmm. are those that are willing and flexible, period. And if you don't own those adjectives, 
you're probably in the wrong line of business. The theme of our very first episode of this podcast before COVID-19 was flexibility. Mm -hmm. I read that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I did respond Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Thank you for that, Lawrence. I totally agree with that. And willingness, because we're in a service-oriented business. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter really what the request is. It's how we Mm -hmm. support it. How we react to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had an early mentor of mine in in 2004 tell me that you never use the word no or but. Even if the answer is no or but, it's how you communicate no and but Mm -hmm. that makes somebody pretty about changing yep, direction exactly. and it's not oh, yeah. you insulting or editorializing the situation the opinion or the choice but come right back to your initial question about covid-19 i mean listen it's happening right now this is the way it's going to go in my world that i'm committing to mm-hmm. currently we're talking about one person shoots we're talking about collecting footage from a director or a dp director mm-hmm. within the environment that they are sheltered at home. So under quarantine, with their quarantine Mm -hmm. network. So it's going to be tabletop. It's going to be imagery and scenes and actions and landscapes that occur at that sheltered at home location owned by the director. So I spent a lot of time breaking down what my directors have to offer in their quarantine mm-hmm. networks. Mm-hmm. I also spent mm-hmm. a lot of time with them understanding what equipment is in their house now if right. I had to shoot in an hour. The next incarnation of that is going to be where we do tag-alongs, where we have combined productions of multiple directors utilizing multiple quarantine mm-hmm. environments and networks and mm-hmm. sharing those assets together for a diversification of like a, cast locations mm-hmm. uh-huh. and like a production with a, yeah, mm-hmm. with a continuity of camera so that it can be colored and finished and, and broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next incarnation of that is going to be small shoots, small shoots of 10 or less people, of people that are mm-hmm. not pulling permits because they may right. not be giving permits, but they are mm-hmm. ravenous and they are hungry for income. And they are going to do whatever production mm-hmm. they can get their hands on with 10 mm-hmm. or less people with or without a COVID-19 test. I'm not endorsing that. I'm telling you that's what I see. Then yeah. the next incarnation of that mm-hmm. will be with some sort of medical screening COVID-19 above the counter test right. mm-hmm. that yes. we embrace. And some people will or will not honor that. It is a prerequisite for me to employ somebody at this point in time, because I'm not going to be responsible for transferring Mm -hmm. or being negligent in the care of the virus within a work Mm -hmm. environment. But I think that those 10-person crews will eventually be dictated by the director. And this Mm -hmm. is where I struggle with current state of the union agreements, because covered work will now be considered compromised by the union. Right, yeah. And yeah. specifically, I mean, the director selects nine people who he knows he could make a shoot in his house with his children. And he allows them in his house because he feels comfortable mm-hmm. or, or her house and she feels comfortable yeah. in mm-hmm. their closed network environment. And the grip needs to cable and distro or uh, light or a production assistant is working with food 
or right. a producer is the AD. This is where we have uncharted ground that's not mm-hmm. being addressed now that in the AICP town halls, with labor relations, right. they don't feel it is the time to have those conversations with the union. And mm-hmm. I must say that I do agree with Jane Nunez and AICP on that because there Jane. are bigger <laughs> subjects to tackle within scope of work, which is just one element of the union agreements with each of the three big ones. But I mm-hmm. feel like this is going to become a really problematic area as well yeah, as pretty fast. As well as minimums, you know, mm-hmm. union minimum wages, staffing mm-hmm. and PH contributions. I think it goes hand in hand with covered work. This is going to be really the focus of how we get back on track, but it's not a solution. Solution is normalcy. And normalcy isn't going to happen until there is a vaccine. Normalcy don't won't occur until the fear goes away so that we right, can yes. do things that we used to be doing, which is mm-hmm. a group of 50 or more people working together and uh, mm-hmm. sharing an environment that and may be too small. guacamole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be too small, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, so there's going to be this rollout, uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence yeah. and Christian. This yeah. is, you know, yeah. how how I expect it to happen. And I think there's a longer timeline. I also think that there's an iteration of this where we are going to be released to do these shoots because business is now open. And then I believe we will retract again because the curve will be too high. Mm -hmm. At that point, I think agencies are just going to be looking at reported cases of COVID-19, reported deaths of COVID-19, and go to shoot there in a virtual way. Uh, you know, right yeah. now, nobody's shooting in the globe. Yeah, sure. You can go to the productionservicenetwork.com and see the hubs and the people that are still shooting. But, right. you know, is that responsible? Is that, I don't think yeah. that a major client and advertiser wants to be associated with the first right. few shoots of groups of people. So even right. though you have those whispers and influences by certain production service companies in the business right now selling and marketing themselves to me that they can shoot tomorrow. You know, I, I I feel it's irresponsible right now on on April 8th, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I mean, imagine one brand does some kind of shoot and the virus spreads on set even to one person. I mean, that would just be a complete marketing nightmare. Christian and I were talking about the whole union thing Yes. Recently as well. A lot of conversations I've been hearing right now is user generated content, real people and having them film themselves or whatever, but being directed by a director. And if that director is a DGA director, is it a union job? Are those people now cameramen? How covered work? There's going to have to be some greater discussion with the unions about how we move forward, just exactly as you were saying. I had um, Zoom drinks with five producers last night in New York, and we were discussing the ethics behind safely as possible trying to do, let's say, a product shoot, but also to... People are desperate for money, so they're going to agree to do something and be okay with it because they're desperate. And so ethically, it's up to you to not ask right now. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a no-brainer for me. One of the downfalls of COVID-19 is it's going to highlight the race to the bottom. And I am disinterested in what the bottom is. And so... 
I <laughs> I don't want to be position. I don't want to be anywhere near there. You're yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This is how I feel about it on a on a bigger picture level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. User generated content and content shot by non professionals, people who are not mm-hmm. world class creatives, who are mm-hmm. not developed in their craft and considered extraordinary, will become tiresome to the audience very quickly. Anybody can yeah. say they're going to contract an influencer to shoot user-generated content yeah. and they're going to air <laughs> yeah, their yeah, message yeah. and get it out there. But I'm telling you, as a company that focuses on our aesthetic and the, mm-hmm. the level of storytellers that I represent, there's always going to be a need for high-level creative Absolutely. collaborators. And you can Absolutely. either be a part of that or you could right. be a part of this concept of what I consider to be working class versus middle class versus the upper class. You know, mm-hmm. it's it comes right. down to your choices as a person. And so, you know, I always point back to that. And if you have your own code of ethics, then mm-hmm. you will be where you want to be and not be confused or distraught or unsure about what the right choice is. So, you know, yeah, starts and ends with your own, your, your voice. There was an article we were talking about in our show prep for one episode. And it was, you know, brands are now just going to influencers to create their content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we decided not to share that because that isn't going to be the way forward. Like you said, there's always going to be a need for something much higher quality, something cinematic that's not going to go away. So we didn't want to kind of promote that. Right. It just feels so desperate. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely transparent. It is. It's an act of desperation. So, yeah, that I mean, I think that'll only last you a little bit longer. Well, it's just not going to appeal to high level agencies Mm -mm. at the end of the day. I think it really comes down to what what kind of work do you want to do and Mm -hmm. and what place do you want to be in advertising? I don't personally judge anybody who is doing retail work or uh, sales spots or dog food commercials. Mm -hmm. It's just not the kind of storytellers that I represent and that my brand Mm -hmm. does. Right. You know, LVMH is not going to want to deal with that for very long. Right. They're going to want something high end, something classy. That all will come back. It's just going to come back in a very slow and different way. Methodical. Well, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I actually think it's going to come back if very strong. Right. I think that mm-hmm. the messaging is going to be very clear. I think that advertisers yes. and clients are going to have a need to advertise. Uh, the biggest obstacle or disconnect is going to be how, how and when, right? That's what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's no timeline yet. <laughs> yeah. I think they were all searching for that date, but it'll happen when it happens. So, well, um, I think there'll be some shoots, I think, in June at the end of June. You know, I, I, if you look at the business models that are happening in Italy right now, which has a very uh-huh. alive right. advertising community, mm-hmm. they're talking about possibly being able to shoot in the middle of. May, middle to end of May. And if you just look at the news, we're probably about a month behind Italy. Uh, that would mm-hmm. mean the middle to the end of June for your first semblance of smaller shoots, depending on geography right. and content and locations. Things will be rewritten to be yeah. much more mm-hmm. separate. And we, as a production community, 
need to be able to do many things. And so the biggest thing I would say to anybody in production right now is to forget what you've known about production. And those freelancers that spent the time to come up through the ranks and pay their dues, the, the line producer that was a production manager coordinator and an office PA and a truck right. PA is way more valuable to me than (laughs) somebody who didn't. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you you know what you're asking other people to do when you climb the ranks like that. You know what I mean? Like it's that you're not above doing it because you've done it. That's right. Exactly. And I think that just comes down to work ethic, to be honest. Most people in production have it, not all of them. So what are you looking forward to most once this is, I mean, I, I can't even venture to say the new normal because nothing, I mean, normal is just a word we, we hate here on Producers Happy Hour, but it could be as simple as, you know, going to your favorite restaurant or having a beer with a friend, but what are you looking forward to the most when this is over? Probably taking a vacation. Oh, yeah. Getting, getting yeah. Where would you and, go? Uh, travel. <laughs> I would probably just go to a uh, peaceful beach that faces nice. westward and I can see the sunset and uh, oh. warm climate and uh, and be with my new wife. <laughs> so, yes, oh, honeymoon. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, the honeymoon. Uh, honeymoon. Yes. Uh, Jason. That's like the best answer we've gotten so far. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Jason, for chatting with us. Thank you. And I hope that everybody can get back to work soon. Oh, That was so awesome. Wow. Talk about a man with a plan. Right. So I know it's one of our reoccurring themes is communication, but he's definitely like, you know, communication with a built-in healthy dose of ethics. Very strong interview in the sense that he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what is right for him and what is right for his directors. And he's protecting people. Yes, and he knows exactly what isn't right for him and what he's not going to do. And I think that that's half the battle. I mean, in freelance, I think we fall into the, oh, God, I haven't worked in a week. Let's take the next job that comes. Yeah, yeah. And not really vetting the job. (laughs) Sometimes. Uh I'm sure we've all fallen into that a couple of times. I have been known to turn down a fair amount of work because I'm fortunate to have it. But sometimes if a job just doesn't vibe with me, I I won't take it. And it blows people away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, what? They you do. won't take like, my job? Exactly. There's a better producer out there for that job or for this situation or whatever. And so I, I try to only accept work that I know I can excel right. at and I can commit to and do my best at. And it sounds like that's exactly what he's doing with his company. Exactly. Well, that's only a testament to you and your personality and how well you know yourself. Because there are times I can smell a bad job. I know it's going to be bad. And you turn it down. But then there's times when you do it, you take the job because you're like, okay, I can probably make make this this work. work." And then once you've committed, you're like, what did I do? But in the end, you know, we always make it work. But um, these are all just tools of learning, right? So check out Jason's you- website, spearsandarrows.tv. I mean, that was amazing because he's a fighter. He's a survivor. And he said he will never be shut down. So he is trying to make this work. He is making this work. Like all producers, we do our best work when our back's up against the wall. And that's what it's, that's what's happening now. Exactly. And everyone mark their calendars because our prediction from Jason is <laughs> late June. Late I think, June. I think we should do a grid. Oh, a pool. A pool. 
Yeah. I mean, That's funny. I know, like, <laughs> you know, betting on our lives. Betting on our lives and, and our <laughs> livelihood. Yeah, our but I think it would be interesting just to see what, just to track the predictions. And I think the other real nugget from our conversation with him, this is a message that probably needs to be flown from the mountaintops. <laughs> yeah. Forget everything you've known about production. Yeah, that was quite the bold statement, I feel. But he is exactly right. Because if He's you exactly are, right. If you can't adapt in a rapid way, which we all try to do in our job, it's what makes a good producer great. Yeah. And we need to, it sounds like we need to gear up to put our best adaptation outfit on. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> so we can go with the flow because we're going to be asked to do things. Mm-hmm. That we've not done before. hundred percent. And go back, everyone, listen to episode one. That's how we started this podcast <laughs> pre-COVID when we were having a little lighthearted podcast over drinks. Flexibility. Flexibility was key to our job. It's going, it's. Pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's going to so be now. the foundation of our jobs now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a fantastic, very, uh, just informative interview with Jason. Yes. Yeah. So thank you right. again, Jason. Thanks, Jason Walk, SpearsandArrows.tv. Much appreciates him spending some time with us chatting about everything he's doing with his COVID-19 initiative. Mm-hmm. So that's it for today. That is it for today, Lawrence. Yes. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Stay connected. Stay active. And please stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And please wear a mask when you're going out. It sounds like California is on this initiative. By Friday, you need to have a mask, everybody. Yes. If you're going into a place of business, if you're just walking around, you don't need one. This is according to Eric Garcetti. Mm -hmm. But it's still a good idea. But it's still a good idea. And you definitely need one if you're going into a place of business, especially mm -hmm. a grocery store. Exactly. Please send us your voice recordings. If you're compelled to share your story, we would ask that you do because it does help us to share our stories, share our ideas, just like we had with Jason here, sharing his ideas of how to move forward with our business. Send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Yeah, I mean, we love hearing them and uh, we love talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So please send it away. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? My website for producing work is lawrencetlewis.com and for voiceover, it's voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? <laughs> Sorry, I dropped. I, I dropped something. I dropped. I was like, wow. People Christian, can get a, people can get a hold of me at sisterchristianproduces.com. All right, everybody. Another day. See you tomorrow. Bye.